Hey everybody, this is Troy Olson, host of Capology 101 and Drafting Late. I had a great opportunity last year to play in a very new format called DynastyOwner.com. Dynasty Owner is the ultimate dream for all sports and business fans. Dynasty Owner is the only patent fantasy sports game that combines Dynasty football with actual NFL player contracts, just like you'd find out about on Capology 101. We don't use make-believe or demand-based contracts or salaries. We use the actual NFL player salaries and contracts. There is no off-season in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters. Free agency matters. Every contract matters. We just finished our beta season in 2019, which I was part of, and was a whole lot of fun, you guys. We I got to see a whole different side of fantasy football than I'd ever played before, and are now working on our mobile app for iOS and Android, and it'll be ready for the rookie drafts in May. They're opening up the game to everyone in 2020, but they're limited to 1,012 team leagues. You can win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. So come join our 2020 season waitlist and start your dynasty at DynastyOwner.com. Again, that's DynastyOwner.com. Just remember, this podcast would not be possible without the folks over at DynastyOwner.com. So please go check them out. If you sign up for a league, make sure you tell them that Drafting Late and Capology 101 sent you. And now, on with the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest episode of the Drafting Late Podcast presented by DynastyOwner.com. If you haven't taken the time to check them out, please do. They're an entirely different way to play fantasy football focused on the contracts in real life, not some made-up contracts, stuff that you would learn about if you listen to Capology 101. So definitely check out my other show over there. But if you do sign up for DynastyOwner.com, make sure that you mark down that you came because of drafting late or the Capology 101. And of course, you can tweet it at them too, at Dynasty Owner. It really helps us out and keeps them supporting the show so we can bring you more great shows. This is a podcast where we break down the best late round options on redraft, Dynasty Startup, Dynasty Rookie Dress, and sometimes Debbie and IDP. We're going to help you find the next Terry McLean, Darius Slayton, and so on. My name is Troy and I am DFF Voice. And my guest this week, is one of the most recognizable voices in fantasy football, and after winning the Scott Fishbowl 8, became well known for his singlet. He is the co-founder of FF Perks. He is the co-host of Dino Diagnostics, Superflex Super Show, and dabbles in fantasy baseball on the Turn 2 podcast. Please welcome the man, the myth, the full package, Stoppy. Stoppy, how's it going? I mean, I don't know how full my package is, but it's going pretty well. How about you, man? It's going really well, and what really stinks is Tommy and I just had about a five-minute conversation that none of you are ever going to get to hear because for the second time in three shows, I forgot to hit the record <laughs> button. But I'll <laughs> highlight some of that. Stompy, we were talking about the Scott Fishbowl win and how you uh, you gave the full package to the internet and that uh, brought your uh, your persona up a little bit and helped you guys helped you to start uh, the Dino Diagnostic with Eton and and we were talking about that as well as uh, FF Mercs. Uh, go ahead and tell the folks about FF Mercs and, and why it would be a good thing for people to check out. Sure. So, I mean, there's a couple uh, of these websites out there. We're fantasy consultants. We basically sell sell ourselves as uh, somebody who's going to help you win championships um, so you can hire us to help you with a draft, uh, help you in season, help you with DFS, uh, a little bit of IDP here and there. Um but we have some pretty good names in the pretty awesome names in the industry, if you will. We have like guys like Dynasty Outhouse and uh, Shane Manila from DFF uh, Dynasty HQ or Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, um, among others. And 
we just want, I mean, you hire us, we help you win. Basically, that's how it goes. Not a lot of people have the time or, or put in the time that we do in terms of doing research and stuff. So um, Matt and I, Matt Williams and I, my, my uh, co-founder, just decided that we wanted to put ourselves out there. And we, I, I mean, there's a lot of great websites out there. Um, and it's, it's kind of a somewhat saturated market in terms of fantasy football. But I don't think there is one particular website that has everything so it has the consultant side and we want to grow into uh, having statistics and building our own tools for things like dfs um and doing articles articles and stuff so we want to grow that this off season but right now we are a consulting first so yeah go check out ffmercenaries.com um and you can hire one of one of us um to help you with draft to help you with trades to help you with redraft whatever you help you need yeah, it sounds really cool, and I know as busy as I get, it's definitely something that I've looked at off and on, and uh, I just I get really funny about my teams. I just love them so much, and I don't know if I could ever handle knowing somebody else was working them for me, but I guess if I'm winning, what does it matter, right? Right, right. I mean, that I think that's the big point here is that – and and I'm not I, I don't think it's necessarily that we're running. We are just consultants. You ask us the questions. Ultimately, you make the picks. You make the decisions. Um but we're there to help, and, and uh, we like to think that we have more – it's going to sound condescending, but we have more knowledge than those who are seeking help. Um, and those – I mean, there's a lot of people who put a decent amount of money out on the line for fantasy football, and who wouldn't want to hire somebody for a couple hundred dollars to win a 1000 yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about how much money some people put out. Like, I, I used to do just free leagues. Like, that was um, all I did, and I recently have kind of gotten into money leagues. And then I listen to some of these shows, and you hear some of these guys come on, and they're talking about how they're in a hunt. They're doing 100, 150 best balls, and, and, you know, I know these guys aren't doing dollar best balls, you know, and they even mentioned that, you know, they're in some leagues that are $500 entries, and that just makes me sweat. I can't imagine – dropping that kind of money for a fantasy football league. And I consider myself pretty good and I win a decent amount and made some yeah. money this year, but that's just, that's a, that's a lot of money for me. And I would, uh, I'd kind of lose my shit. If I I'll lost say, it. I'll say I, I put in a thousand dollars this year in terms of seasonal leagues. So yeah, see, I did about, I think I did it like two fifty, and I won it all back plus some. And yeah. my wife was not too happy with me at first. I was like, I got this. <laughs> Give me 16 weeks. I know it's four months, but I got this. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a better return you. on investment, I promise. Relax. It's fine. Relax. We, got, we, we do too much, uh, too much digging into this not to win. You know all that shit that I'm doing all the time that you don't want me doing? Yeah, that's going to bring the money back. Just give me a minute. <laughs> but anyways, let's get into this. You actually uh, you came in with a few guys from a Dynasty startup or redraft perspective. They are definitely going to work for both. They're going to go a little higher in Dynasty startups most likely than your redrafts, but they're definitely players to look at it on, uh, on pretty much any league you're drafting from start this year because these are guys – um, that you're going to need. These are guys that I'm actually buying, so I was very excited to see uh, Stompy's list. I always ask the guests for who they want to talk about because I want people to be passionate about who they talk about. And I was trying to find my rankings from last year because I think I had your first one here. Um, no, 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 your second one. We'll start with uh, Paris Campbell. I believe I had him ranked pretty high 
in uh, my preseason rankings last year, and I don't remember exactly where I had him, and I couldn't find the list. But what is it that you like about Paris Campbell for this year? Well, I mean, I, I think the big thing we need to look at, and, I, and really I, I'm trying to – I'm in the midst of developing an article after taking a while off here uh, about second-year wide receivers. Um, a little shout-out to Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. Uh, he does a lot of um, analytics-based stuff for – uh, rookies and or and, and younger guys and he looked at um he, he looked at the breakouts for wide receivers or really just breakouts in general for all the positions and he noticed uh, that wide receivers actually their their time to break out is actually in their second year and a lot of and we all have that um I guess myth in our head that it's the third year breakout that we're looking for in wide receivers, but it's actually more um, often the second year that wide receivers break out. Um, not to not to say that they don't break out in the third year; they definitely do. But in the second year, that's when you get a higher percentage of uh, wide receiver breakouts. Um, so I am looking into that more now. So that's why two of these guys on this list are here because there are a lot of second year wide receivers that did not live up to their billing or were injured and could possibly be forgotten about that you shouldn't uh shouldn't and my bet i i mean i I started getting interested in this uh looking at this last year's or in the 2018 class um guys like dj moore who yeah we knew about him but he broke out this past season uh dj chark Cortland sutton Anthony Miller had a, a phenomenal season uh, the second half of the season. So guys like that who had great seasons as second-year wide receivers, and then you put that together with uh, Peter Howard's information and you start to see, okay, maybe we need to start buying into guys like Nikhil Harry, who, I mean, it's it's tough that to tough to buy Nikhil Harry at this point, but um, I guess in leagues that, that uh, have already started – um, because I'm sure somebody's not going to give up uh, Nikhil Harry for much less than they got him for in the first round of last year's rookie drafts. But, I mean, he, he didn't do much this season. Uh, again, uh, guys like Paris Campbell here, who broke out in his senior season. Um, he had over 1,000 yards receiving, 12 touchdowns uh, for Ohio State. Um, so we've seen him be able to produce in college, and and that's a big indicator of um, production in the NFL is production in college. Obviously, there's more to it than that. Uh, breakout age is something that Peter Howard will tell you uh, is is a major indicator as well. Um, not to mention that he was taken in the second round. Draft pedigree, I think, is the biggest indicator of a person of of a wide receiver's breakout or just an NFL player's breakout in general. Um, so Paris Campbell, not only did he have a a breakout season his senior season. Uh, he was taken in the second round by the Colts and he didn't do much. I mean, he was injured a large portion of the season. He didn't play a ton of snaps, um, but you have a guy who's extremely fast, extremely dynamic, can be used in all sorts of ways on that Colts offense. We've seen Frank Reich be extremely good as a play caller, not only in his uh in his uh, rookie, I guess, quote unquote, rookie season as an NFL coach, but even last year with just Jacoby Brissett, when they were actually winning some games that they shouldn't have been winning. Um, and they, they had Devin uh, Funches who, who was on a one-year contract, probably not going to bring him back. Um, I don't think you're going to trust uh, 
the the other receivers on that roster uh, so much, Greg Pasco, um, and then uh, Chester Rogers so much. So that leaves a lot of uh, there. There's an opening there for Paris Campbell. Um, and you're going to get him way late here because, again, people are going to forget about him because he didn't do much this season, and he was injured a lot of this season, so you didn't even hear his name. Um, so that's why I really like Paris Campbell here is he's got an opportunity in a decent offense. Um, we'll see what happens with Jacoby Brissett there and the, the um, – and the quarterback situation, but Paris Campbell has shown in college that he can do it. He had 90 receptions for over a thousand yards. Uh, he's a, like I said, in a good offense, he's dynamic. He has a chance to succeed there and he's going late. And I mean, I'm so on board with all that. So I found it, my rankings from April 29th, 2019. So a long time ago at two in the morning, apparently I don't sleep. So I was looking and I actually had, uh, I had Campbell at number nine, uh, behind some interesting targets, but I had him at number nine. I, and I honestly really liked him. In fact, I had Nikhil Nikhil Harry at number five. I was never as high on Harry as many were. Um, and I had, I actually ended up in my home league taking Campbell ahead of Harry. I just, I just didn't believe in, in the Patriots correctly using a rookie wide receiver. We just hadn't seen it from them. And I really thought that Campbell had a real chance in the, uh, with the Colts. Now at the time that I would have wrote this, his quarterback would have been a little bit better too, um, with Andrew Luck, but I wasn't, there was part of me that, that wondered if Andrew Luck was going to play this season never could have seen him retiring but I I did believe that he was injury prone and that there was a chance that Brissett would be the quarterback but Brissett had, had shown out fine in uh, Luck's absence before and so I thought Campbell would be a good player and I'm kind of in that same boat of waiting to see what they do with Brissett because I traded in my single quarterback home league where I have Paris Campbell I actually traded Lamar Jackson in a deal that brought me um uh Zeke and so I'm sitting there and I've got Paris Campbell and I've got Brissett and I'm wondering what next season looks like because you know who who's going to be the quarterback but obviously I don't think I don't think whoever they bring in it'll be any worse than Brissett of course so I think that that benefits Campbell as well and uh and I I'm really excited to see where he's going and that is a guy that you can get really really late or you know, people are trading him for next to nothing because he's been out for so long, and, and it's a really great opportunity for a guy you can pick up in the later rounds um, or trade for without much capital. And then- well, and I think that I think that's the big the big um, thing here is that you're taking like when when you start getting into much later rounds and startups, you start you need to either you need to take swings. So your draft, I mean. Mind you, we don't have ADP, really good ADP at this point, but looking at fantasy football calculator, he's going in the 11th round. And I, I don't know if that's redraft or dynasty, but I mean, that's still really late. And you need to start taking swings at guys there because really your draft capital is you're not losing much there if he doesn't pan out because he's going in the 11th round. But if he if he hits um, like we think or, or a lot of people think, he can, he's going to be an extreme value at that point. Um, and he, I, I mean, it, it's definitely worth taking that swing there. Well, and that's a big thing too, is, is people, I think, 
one thing that's always bothered me about the fantasy football players is there's too many that play it like redraft. Even in their rookie drafts, they're playing them like redrafts. Well, who can help me this year? Well, sometimes it doesn't matter who can help you this year. Your team, the one that you built last year for the last you know 12 to 16 months, that should be the team that's helping you this year. And you should be drafting guys that, yeah, if they can help you this year, that's a bonus. But it's what you're going to get out of year two and year three. And they forget about guys like this. And this is where the real values come in. And like you said, if you can get him, and I was going to try to pull up my sleeper. I'm in a in a startup draft because I couldn't help myself right now. And I think we're in round seven. And I don't think he's gone yet as of round seven. So I don't think that 11's very far off. And I'll try to pull that up here while you're talking about the next guy. But the next guy who I'm sure hasn't gone either, another guy that got bit by the injury bug, or he could be one of the hottest names we'd be talking about this offseason. But instead, uh, Preston Will Williams is just kind of hanging out, and he's going to be a low-round draft pick this year, and he's somebody that you should have. What is it that you uh, you see on him, Stompy, that you really like? Well, so I, I guess the first thing we need to point out is, yeah, I mean, he had he had issues in, uh, early on in college. He, uh, he had to – he, he left Tennessee early on. Went to Colorado State, and in his uh, junior season at Colorado State, I think he was he must have redshirted. Um, he had 96 receptions for over 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. Now that is the Mountain West. I understand that, but that is a dominant line. I mean, a dominant line. And I mean, like I like I said earlier with Paris Campbell, it's it's a big indicator of your success in the NFL if you did well in college. Um, and I mean, those numbers tell me he's, 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 he can be a monster. And then we enter the NFL and and a lot of people liked Preston Williams. He's just, he's a very good talent. He's raw. He's big. He's fast. Um, and last year he showed it. I mean, mind you, let's take this into consideration here. He, it was the Miami dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen, not a great quarterback situation, not a good offensive team, just not a good team in general, a team that's in a rebuild. And uh, you're asking Preston Williams basically to be a starter from day one. And he got five targets or more in every game he played. Uh, And he put up good numbers. Like he didn't put up dominant numbers by any means, but in eight, in eight games, he put up 428 yards and three touchdowns. Now, when you um, interpolate that over a 16-game season, and I know, I mean, st- statistic-minded people will be like, you can't do that. It, I understand, but that's the best we can do at this point. That turns into uh, 400 over four or over 850 yards and six touchdowns as a rookie on a bad offense. So that tells me that this, I mean, once they get a good quarterback in there and i believe they have the number two number two pick is that correct um i believe they have the number two pick and i would wouldn't be surprised to see them go after uh to a tag of Iowa. um that was way better than i would have said <laughs> well and 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 it's it'll be interesting to see what happens um i don't know why they wouldn't go with tua there um they have number five Okay, sorry. Number two yeah. is the Redskins, and they're expected to take Chase Young. Yeah, all right. So, I mean, they're going to go with the QB regardless. I, I think it would be crazy for them to pass up on Tua, but, I mean, Justin Herbert's a good 
quarterback two. I would say he's well. I, it's tough to say if he's better than Josh Rosen, but I mean that was just a bad QB situation. So I mean, get a better quarterback situation, a better offense with maybe the free agent, free agency, and you get uh, uh, just a better offense around Preston Williams, and he could absolutely take a step forward. Like I said, monster numbers in college. Um, so in the pros, there there's no reason to think after his rookie season, which he put up decent numbers, that he can't take a step forward and step into a top 36, top 24 role. And again, we're looking at ADP here. Preston Williams is going, again, later than Paris Campbell. He's going in the back end of the 11th or, tw- or beginning of the 12th round. Um, around guys like Andy Isabella, who I would rather have Preston Williams there because I know Preston Williams is going to get targets. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he he's already shown that he can win win in the NFL. Um, in in his short stint, he's already got he's got big numbers in college. So I don't know why he can't take that next step and possibly be a top twenty four wide receiver next season. So the Finns GM uh, said about two weeks ago that he fully expects Fitzpatrick to be back in 2020. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick then, they're, is, then they're chucking the ball downfield, man. <laughs> right. And, I mean, I could see it. And if they do, I think that's great because we saw what he did this year. And that's a good thing. And I think Tua would be a good addition to that team, if not for this year, but going forward because we got to see what his, uh, his hip's going to look like, you know, because everybody declared him dead after it happened. So – Right. Um, now that he's back to life, it'll be interesting to see because he was already walking without crutches that if he can if he can be ready the first year and take the job from Fitzpatrick, that's great. But it doesn't hurt for a young quarterback like that to learn behind somebody either. I mean, look at Kansas City. You know, it, it was just one year and then Mahomes was off to the races. And I'm not saying that Tua will ever be Mahomes, but I don't think it's a bad thing. And I I don't know how Fitzpatrick is as a quarterback if he's going to help a young kid or not but you would assume that at this point in his career he realizes that he's not going to be the end so figuring that that Tua does get some help here in his second year in the first year and then comes out his second year that just helps Williams as well because that'll put him in his third year which is a very common time to see uh, to see wide receivers break out as well. So he, I think he's already broken out. I think he's going to continue to be good. I think he's just going to get better with a young quarterback in there, or if it's Fitzpatrick or somebody like that. The Dolphins are going to add to their offensive line. They're going to be a better team all the way around. They're going to add a running back, most likely, which is, again, going to open up the field, and it's going to make Williams more open. But Williams has some competition in Miami. Do you see a way that he can rip away that, that number one wide receiver uh, duties like right away, or, or is that going to be something that he's going to have to work into? I think he's going to have to work into it. Um, but I, I mean, last year that running game was awful. Uh, yeah, they can pick up a, a running back here in the draft, and I think they will be better there. But that offensive line was atrocious. Um, they need help there. So they and and I think they're going to be playing from behind again. That defense is also atrocious. So. I think they're going to be throwing a lot. So I don't, I'm not really concerned about him being a wide receiver one. And again, as a rookie, he put up 428 yards and three touchdowns in, in eight games. Um, I think Devonte Parker finally broke out in his fifth, <laughs> fifth season. Um, the other thing about Williams is he's recovering from that ACL. So you might even be able to get him later because, and you need to be careful about, about that. But um, I, I think that might scare some people off and, 
but with look at like what happened with Cooper Cup this year. Cooper Cup came back roaring and he tore his, I believe, later than um, Preston Williams. So I think Preston Williams will be fine there. But I'm I'm just I'm not worried about him being wide receiver one or wide receiver two. I think he's going to get plenty of looks. Um, he was targeted 60 times in eight games as the wide receiver two there. That amounts to 120 targets uh, on the season. And that's perfect for a wide receiver too. And and he's he's big and he's a good um, red zone threat. So I'm just I'm not worried about where he slots in as a wide receiver one or wide receiver two. I think he will get his. And again, you're taking him as a wide receiver five in or six in drafts, and he could put up wide receiver two numbers if everything goes right. And he is. Uh, we're in. Like I said, I'm in a, a startup draft right now, and we're at pick seven twelve. Preston Wilson, uh, Williams still very available out there. Uh, Paris Campbell also still available. But see, and again, it goes back to they're both on the IR, and I think people tend to ignore players that are currently on the IR that they haven't mm-hmm. seen in a while. It's out of sight, out of mind, and I think that's going to allow these guys to really fall down. And, you know, I mean, the guys that they're competing with in the eighth round even are are not as good as they are long term in dynasty if either of these guys make it back around to me they'll probably be my pick this round i would have taken him the last round but i have a man crush on curtis samuel and he was still there so i, oh, had I get a, that i get that i had to jump on that he's he's not as he's not what i was hoping he would be and i thought he might edge out dj Moore or be something like uh like we see in minnesota with a one-two punch but that uh, that hasn't happened yet but hopefully it will but he's not on the sheet for today but that's another one that you can usually get in the in the seventh eighth ninth round and and he's gonna have a i think he's gonna have a good year it's it's got to happen at some point or i'm gonna look really bad well so and mind you i i said second year breakouts he's entering his third year off of a a good a decent year which was coming off of a a major injury um so curtis samuel is another guy that yeah you should be interested in so i'm i'm emphasizing year two wide receivers here but year three wide receivers you should also be looking at guys like oh well curtis samuel didn't pan out like many people uh said like matt Harmon touted but that does not mean he can't do it again this year of course his qb situation is in flux uh his he's got a new head coach so that's all different but yeah definitely look at those third year wide receivers as well but he has a coach that that has ran an explosive offense too. his coach actually would benefit and this is great because Stompy just pulled this off the top. It wasn't even like anything that we had pre-planned for. That's how good he is as a as a dynasty guy. So, um, you know, I, I love Samuel, and I think he can do a lot of really great things. And, you know, do you who do you see being his quarterback this year? Because there's a lot of talk that Cam comes back, and that's making me very interested in Cam in the later rounds. Because even in the – I don't even think Cam's been taken in this draft, and this is a super flex draft, so every quarterback has value. And I think Cam's still out there in round eight. I mean, is Cam Newton worth – while we're on the subject of Curtis Samuel, is he a guy that you can see coming back to the Panthers? Is he worth, you know, a later pick if he's still out there? My, my issue with Cam Newton is he's not a great thrower. Um, I think his career is like 55% completion percentage. He's just not – he's not a good pocket passer. And I don't know if if he's going to be become that pocket passer this late in his career. His He scares me in terms of he's had that foot injury now. He's – 
well i mean he's in his 30s he he's a guy who who ran his entire career if he loses his legs i just i don't like him so that's my issue like kurt i mean i think curtis samuel will be fine um i just i don't know with cam i mean if he if he develops as a pocket more as a pocket passer sure um i just don't see that happening though i uh I, I just love that he was the number 36 wide receiver and nobody's given him any credit for what he did last year because they're just they're blinded by what happened with uh, Moore and and I think Samuel I mean he's going to go up from a, a low end wide receiver three and that's a steal late in the draft. No I agree I mean and and now Greg Olson's gone like you said you're in a more high high uh, powered offense um, with Mike McCarthy so yeah I mean you definitely could again see Curtis Samuel jumping into that top 24 range. Now can Cam support that type? Like, I mean, a, a wide receiver one, possibly in DJ Moore and a wide receiver two. I just don't know. I think he's going to be fine. Um, but it'll, it'll be, I mean, it's, we're going to see, and he's still going to have a lot of competition. DJ Moore is, is a top wide receiver one. Moving on to somebody that Stompy actually wanted to talk about, and I, and somebody that's absolutely not getting enough credit at all, and that's Justin Jackson, running back for the Chargers. He's I I believe that he's going to be a, the guy next year. I don't think they're going to go out and sign anybody else. I think it's going to be Eckler and Jackson. We saw it for just a brief second this last year. It worked, and I think it's going to make Jackson um, a a very valuable commodity and obviously you do too because you have him on the list what is it about jackson that you think is gonna make him worth taking late well so let me let me just start with his college stats um i, I if you can't tell i'm more of an analytics and stats guy um but i mean he had over a thousand yards rushing in every season at northwestern and and he's playing in the big 10 so it's not like he's playing these scrubs on defense um so average he had over over 1,300 yards in his last three seasons. He had uh, double-digit rushing touchdowns in all but one season. He had 21 or more receptions in every season of his college career. So he's extremely dynamic. Um, Matt Waldman, who, who I really look to in terms of his film study, loved Justin Jackson coming out in 2018. Um, so that just tells you, and again, his college production – uh, is and a big indicator of his possible NFL production. Um, so, and then we look at his current situation. Melvin Gordon's gone. I, I, I mean, I, I should say likely gone, but I, I mean, let's be realistic. That dude is gone. Uh, he, he wants out of LA. Um, but in those first three games that um, Gordon didn't play, Justin Jackson got five, six, seven, and five carries. He averaged 9.5, 8.4, and 5.2 yards per attempt. He got some uh, targets and receptions as well. He had eight targets over that three-game span. So he was used. Yes, Austin Eckler absolutely dominated touches um, in those games. But Justin Jackson was uh, productive in those um and those chances that he got, um, and even even uh, last year in, in 2018, he was also productive um, in the chances when when Gordon and Eckler were both injured. Um, but just an idea of what Jackson Jackson's production 
with and without Melvin Gordon. He's played in seven games without Melvin Gordon, 13 games with Melvin Gordon. Obviously, his his stats are going to go up, but he went from uh, two rushing attempts to uh, a seven. So he jumped in five uh, five rushing attempts. He jumped almost 30 yards per game. He jumped um, – I mean, this is hard to say, but he jumped 0.3 touchdowns um, per game. Uh, his his uh, market share of the rushing was uh, jumped um, 25%. Uh, his uh, PPR projection over a 16-game season was 141 points without Melvin Gordon, 37 with Melvin Gordon. That's uh, the PPR position rank of uh, – RB 32 versus RB 86 over the past two seasons. So we see that Justin Jackson gets work and he puts in good work. I mean, he had 4.1 yards per attempt in his rookie season, 6.9 yards per attempt in his, in, in the sophomore season. Um, he can catch the ball. Uh, so with Justin Jackson leaving, I don't think they can, I mean, I think Austin, I personally think Austin Eckler is the guy, but I think Justin Jackson's going to get enough play there. And we've seen that Melvin Gordon, and Austin Eckler got plenty of touches, even when both were healthy and playing. Um, so I, I don't know why Justin Jackson and, and Austin Eckler wouldn't see the same thing. So I, I, I definitely think that if you're looking for a running back who ha- could end up in a good, a great situation where he could end up getting 10 plus touches a game, it's Justin Jackson. And he's been fantastic since he's entered the league. Now, what does that mean for more touches? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we, we see um, guys go down in efficiency when they get more touches but we saw last year justin jackson got more efficient than he was his previous season with more touches so i'm not saying he's going to get more efficient but if he's going to be efficient with those touches and let's just say he gets 50 to 70 yards per game and like a touchdown every three games you're looking at a top 36 running back and again i mean he's he's not even going and and again this this is fantasy football calculators adp this could change rapidly here but he's not going in the first 15 rounds of drafts that's what i have too so i mean you're you're talking about running like lamar miller's going well ahead of him i'd rather have justin jackson um, probably Jordan Howard or Jordan Howard's going to have him ahead of him. Rather have Justin Jackson, Carlos Hyde, Tony Pollard, um, Damian Harris. Just, I mean, there's, there's a lot of names here where it's like, I'd rather take a shot on Justin Jackson here because I see him getting a decent amount of touches this year. If they do not sign or sign a running back or draft a running back. It's hard to say if the ADP on sleeper is up to date for this season or if it's still carrying over from last year, but it has Paris Campbell is about a, a seventh or eighth round pick. And then Williams and Jackson, both in the 15th round. And if you can get those guys in the 15th round, you're going to be very, very happy with, with the back end of your team, because you're, you're going to set yourself up so that if any of these guys work out, Oh my goodness, you're going to be well on your way because that's how you win leagues. It's not, you know, you can lose, you can't win a league in the first round, but you can lose it there. But you know, if you just if you just draft well in your first, get your starters going, and then if you have an injury that you're not expecting, these are the kind of guys that you can slip right in. People have totally overlooked them. You've gotten them late, 
you can slide them right in. And that's, that's where you win your leagues. I mean, it, they're not league winners per se, but they're guys that will stabilize a team that has been rocked by injuries. I want 100%. Um, and I, I mean, that's kind of the, I mean, the reason I pick these guys and, and, um, the reason that you obviously have the show is you're looking, I mean, you, you're not, you're taking swings because you want guys that could be league winners late, but they're not going to affect your team overall. I mean, I would say that your you can definitely break your team within the first four rounds, but 10 round, 10th round or later, you're not going to hurt your team all that much if you miss. So Stompy lives in St. Louis, according to his profile and yes. his god awful baseball cap on his head. Yes. Um, but your your favorite team, I'm always I'm always afraid to ask anybody from St. Louis who their favorite football team is because some just spontaneously combust. Yeah. After the last couple of years, but you uh, you kind of surprised me with one which I had heard on another on one of your other shows, but I didn't remember until after you said it again but you're a broncos fan in st louis that has to be uh quite the experience well i grew up in colorado um i was raised in fort collins colorado so kind of i mean i'm i'm a colorado guy through and through uh for my sports teams i just happen to like the st louis cardinals largely because of the uh, home run race in 1998 i i was rooting for mark mcguire and just started following the cardinals ever since the home run race was one of the greatest moments in yes. the history of sports. Well, so we, we'll I'm, say I'm we'll say that. that, ignoring that both of those guys were on steroids. I don't care. <laughs> it was great, and I, I that's a that's a whole different show. Maybe you and I can take that up on take two sometime. But um, no, I uh, I love baseball. Baseball's always been my favorite sport to watch. I cannot play fantasy in it because I don't. I just don't have the time to stay up on it the way that I need to, and. Uh, like there's guys getting signed for huge contracts. I'm like, who the hell is that? You know, I've gotten so far out of baseball. I keep up on the Royal stuff and that's about it for me. Cause I also grew up <laughs> for a good portion of my life in Colorado and I actually managed restaurants in Greeley. So we weren't far apart probably at one point in life. Um, but you're a Broncos fan. And so I always like to ask your team is actually pretty young. So it's actually a fun team to talk about in this aspect yep. in a, in two QB leagues. Where do you see drew lock going this year? So I'm going to, I'm going to let your listeners on a little secret. Um, I have written about and touted the MVP of each of the last two seasons. Um, Patrick Mahomes was my guy, obviously in 2018. Um, Lamar Jackson being my guy last season. I think Drew Locke is my guy this season. Um, I don't love writing about it because of my my uh, perceived bias, but what he showed me last season was a poised pocket passer who made good decisions. He showed a lot of arm strength. He has a um, a budding tight end. He has a breakout wide receiver in Cortland Sutton. He has a dynamic running back. Um, what they need right now is another wide receiver on the outside. And guys like Robbie Anderson fit that mold where you have Cortland Sutton, who's not going to necessarily beat you with his route running. 
or his speed, but he is a 50-50 ball guy. And he's going to make spectacular catches, and he's going to be reliable in that aspect. What they need is a guy that can take the top off of a defense, and Robbie Anderson fits that mold. Um, we see a lot of um, mocks right now uh, mocking Henry Ruggs to to D the Denver Broncos, who, who, again, is that mold. He's a speed outside guy. Um, so if they get that, I feel really good. Not to mention that they got Pat Shermer as their offensive coordinator, who I feel really good about. I mean, you look at what, what Daniel Jones did, even after all of the criticism, um, what what Pat Shermer did with Case Keenum um, for the, the Vikings in 2017. Um, they got Mike Shula, who, again, who was uh, – I believe I don't know if he was the OC for Pat Shermer or if he was the quarterback coach for Pat Shermer in New York. But again, look at what he did with Daniel Jones this last season. So I feel really good about Drew Locke this year. And I honestly think it's hard for me to say he's going to be top 10, but I think Drew Locke can be a QB one this season. I completely agree. I just so they're just going to eat Flacco's last year of his contract, right? I, they have to. I mean, they they still have sixty million dollars in cap it's space. It's so stupid. So I mean, it, it it's not going to affect. It's not going to hurt them in either way with that sixty million dollars in cap space. If John Elway's name was anything but John Elway, he would have been canned oh, for some of the decisions he's made. But he is John Elway, so he gets to keep his job, and he's going to look real good. With Drew Locke, and but this Joe Flacco deal is just another of many quarterback black eyes for the Broncos, and uh, and man, oh man, that's going to be a lot of money that they could be spending elsewhere. One guy you didn't talk about at all, and a guy that I traded some decent players and picks for was Deshaun Hamilton. I thought this was his year, and is he dead to you? Because he's dead to me. I'm. I wouldn't say he's dead, but he's a guy who is going to be a better NFL player than a fantasy football guy. Uh, he's going to be that underneath slot guy that, I mean, he, there were times where he looked, I mean, he looked great uh, at the end of the season. Um, in fact, he actually helped me win that SFB eight, um, but he looked great at the end of the season in 2018. Um, he not so much this season, um, but I mean, even in his last three games, he had six, six and nine targets uh, he put up okay numbers those final two games. Like, he just wasn't used all that well. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that's because it was a new offensive coordinator or what. But I think, like I said, he's going to be a good underneath slot receiver. He just might not be a great fantasy receiver. Sutton may not fall into what I normally consider the concept of this show, but I will tell you, he is going lower than he should um, I'm trying to look up where he is going right now but I will tell you even my brother who's a Broncos fan is horribly undervaluing him in trade talks that I was having with him because I have Sutton on our home league team and and he just he didn't see Sutton nearly at the value that I did and I think that is an is a guy that if you're in a startup or if you're uh, or you're able to trade I think you're going to be able to get him cheaper than most realize he's Noah Fant had a good first year for a tight end most tight ends don't break out till their third year Noah Fant looked good this year looked a lot better than I had him in fact in in my little rankings that I looked up I had him like in the 30s or 40s um I had him really really low I had him behind I had him let me see if I can 
find it super quick here for you. I think I had him behind pretty much the rest of the tight ends. I just I didn't see it like a lot of people did. Um, but I'll tell you, he uh, he had a pretty darn good first year, and I would ex- I guess I had him at 14 overall uh, behind Josh Oliver of the Jaguars. So I guess I guess that's a miss there at 13. Um, yeah. <laughs> but and Noah Fant is going to be better than. Uh, he's better than the number 14 rookie from last year. Uh, what do you see that he can add to his game to, to top it off? Or, or is he going to still be that guy that, that Locke kind of draws back to the old young quarterback to tight end analogy? Um, I mean, the, the thing about uh, Noah Fant is he's not necessarily – a traditional tight end. He's more of that move tight end. So we don't really think of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle as being like a quote unquote tight end. We think of them as pass catchers more than anything. Um, and that's what Noah Fant is. I mean, he's, he's, he's a mismatch basically everywhere. He's a guy, he is six, four, 250 pounds. He ran a four five forty, which is in the 99th percentile of the 40 yard dash. Like he's a freak of nature when it comes to his speed and his size. And he just presents matchup issues all over the place. Like he's basically a huge wide receiver. So that's the thing with no is It's like, don't think of it as, the tight end or or that he's just a tight end. Think of him as like the second best pass catcher on the Broncos. And when he presents those matchup problems down the seam or on the outside playing um, in line, he's just, he's, I don't think of it as, Oh, he's targeting the tight end. I think of it as he's targeting uh, drew lock is just targeting his second best pass catcher who presents matchup problems all over the field. So this league that I'm currently drafting, Sutton did get his respect. He went um, round three, pick 10, so pretty high up. Uh, I would have taken him over Julio Jones because Julio's on the downside at this point. But, you know, behind Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Mike Thomas, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams, uh, Terry Kill, Hopkins, those weren't in order. Um, And just before Keenan Allen – Allen Robinson and Calvin Ridley. I think that's the right spot for Cortland. You're going to have to go early on him, but he is he is definitely worth it. Noah Fant is still available. We're like again, we're sitting on pick seven twelve right now, um, and Noah Fant is still out there. That would definitely be a guy worth getting at. A, and this is just a traditional single tight end, no tight end premium. Uh, but even in tight end premium, I've seen him him drop, and he's a guy that is going to have a year this year. Um, anybody else on the uh, on the Broncos that I'm forgetting about that you foresee kind of breaking out next year with Drew Locke uh, winning the MVP? I mean, breakouts, no. I, I think Noah Fant's probably the guy that I am I would be targeting there later um, as a tight end. Uh, it it kind of becomes a, a muddled mess from tight end basically 3 to 15. So it's just difficult to um, – it's, it's difficult to – figure out who's going to be a great tight end there. So I think no fan has a good as chance as any to be the tight end three, uh, especially hopefully in a better offense with a, uh, a QB entering his, his second season. Um, everybody else. It's just like, we've seen Cortland Sutton um, break out. Uh, Philip Lindsay uh, has had two back-to-back phenomenal seasons as an undrafted free agent, by the way. Um, the only, the only thing like 
if if they got Robbie Anderson in there or somebody on that outside, I'd be really interested. And and I've been thinking about this a little bit. The the Broncos remind me a bit of the Detroit Lions in that way, where uh, Matt Stafford, a big arms quarterback, has Kenny Galladay on the outside, who's more of a 50-50 ball guy, a tough catch guy, uh, much like Cortland Sutton. They have Marvin Jones on the outside, who's a deep ball threat, uh, a speed guy, and that's what the Broncos need. And if they get that, I really like Drew Locke this season. I really like basically all of the pass catchers there. Um, it'll just be—I I mean, we—you we, actually obviously have to temper expectations, but that's kind of the situation I see them in. And if they throw the ball more often. Cortland Sutton's probably going to take a, a, a small step forward. Uh, Noah Fant, you're going to um, start looking at as a, a, a tight end one from here on. Um, and and then maybe that one outside receiver. And, and maybe they're, they're not necessarily going to be a top 36 type, but they're definitely going to have those boom-bust games. So in this super flex league that I'm drafting right now, Drew Locke went quarterback number 20. Jesus. Round seven, pick nine. And I'm actually mad at myself right now because I, I missed him. And I took Kirk Cousins over him. And I, if I had that back, I would. And, in fact, that's the first thing I'm going to do as soon as we get out of this draft is I'm going to try to trade Cousins for Locke. There you go. Because um, I, I missed it. And that that's a mistake. But quarterback 20, guys. The MVP of 2020 is going at quarterback 20 in the league I'm in. So, if you're in a super flex league and you're looking for a great value at quarterback, it's Drew Locke. And, I mean, if he's going this late in, in Superflex, can you imagine what he's going for in single quarterback leagues right now? I mean, that would be nuts. He's going to be almost undrafted, and definitely that's why you, you wait on quarterback because he's, he's definitely going to have decent value. I've tried to trade for him about everywhere, and everybody that has him doesn't want to give him up. And, and so, But definitely watch. And, and something to watch for is when the Broncos take a wide receiver, if the sudden owner in your league isn't real savvy – they're not going to realize that that having somebody else of a good talent like that is actually going to help Sutton a little bit. There, you might be able to to convince them that he's going to lose a lot of looks uh, because of the new blood on the team, and it might be your chance to to scoop in and get him a little cheaper. So so watch what the Broncos do in the draft and make a move quickly to see if you can get a Sutton owner sleeping because Locke Sutton and uh, and Fant have to be people that you're targeting for your your team this year off the Broncos they're uh, they're all very very good players that I I am definitely definitely uh going after in my league so again we talked about uh Paris Campbell who is going in around the seventh round currently and Preston Wilson and Justin Jackson going in the 15th round Noah Fant going in about the uh the 10th round it looks like um and then like I said Drew Locke went tw went number 20 among quarterbacks in nearly the eighth round in a super flex draft so definitely guys you can pick up late um man it is we're recording tonight and it is almost 11 30 where stompy is stompy i can't thank you enough because i know you have to get up in the morning and go do your very important real job yeah. and i i cannot i cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this tell the folks where they can find you and uh and anything else you want to share 100% dude I, I really appreciate you having me on this was this was a blast I'm glad to be back talking about fantasy football and not worrying about politics as much um, so yeah you I don't can, know why you'd want to do that yeah. that just sounds gross <laughs> you, can, you can find me on Twitter at FF Stompy um, recording again uh, 
Dynasty Diagnostics or Dynasty Diagnostic with my guy Aton Mosia. You can find us at DYNO Diagnostic on Twitter. Hit us up on Patreon. Uh, give us a subscription. Um, we try and break down. Uh, well, we do. We break down rosters every um, every week. We try and have guests every week during the off season. Um, so follow us there. Uh, support us on Patreon if you would. Uh, you can also follow or follow my other. Um, podcast at superflex super show uh or it's at, at superflex show on twitter um we are part of the um dfl um family of podcasts uh so go subscribe there we are doing going to be doing t- twice a week uh, over there so check us out um follow ff um, mercs at ff mercs on twitter go visit ffmercenaries.com uh, find out what we have to offer in terms of consultations we have a bunch of awesome um uh people that are willing to do consultations for you a lot of awesome names um we also have several podcasts um there we're growing that website so stay tuned for that and i think that's all and on that note, that's a, a good segue. Next week, uh, we're going to be pulling from that FF Mercs uh, podcast lineup, and we're going to be having one Kane Fossil. I hope I said his last name right. It, I don't know. It's Fossil, Kane Fossil. He... He's an idiot. <laughs> I've been giving him a hard time on a couple of Patreons um, that I'm in with him, and 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 intentionally messing up the last uh the spelling of his last name trying to get it more phonetic to what to the way he says it and is between between some of these names we have in this community but is there a harder name in the dynasty community than your partner um Aton? i mean if you want to know his real name i don't actually know his his full real name uh he's he's Ni- of nigerian descent uh and he's got some crazy name but Aton is short uh, for that, I'm sure there is a a more much more difficult name, but we we've been getting Eton, uh, we we Etan, uh, we've seen some weird spellings of it too, so it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, I wasn't even gonna try his last name, but yes. Uh, so Kane's gonna be joining us next, uh, and we really appreciate Stompy. I have been so blessed when I wanted to do a podcast of my own from the get go. I was blessed to get picked up because at the time Dynasty Football Factory had a network and and Capology was part of that. I jumped on there. I've been having a great time with that. We're getting ready to come back with that, but we're doing it independently now because the Dynasty Football Factory let go of their pods. So we're we're independent now as well as this one is currently. And you know, I'm getting ready to roll out a Patreon for this show if for no other reason so I can afford to have to be in everybody else's Patreon. If there's a show out there that you like, if it's Stompies or or uh, Shane's or whoever, definitely help them out on their Patreon because that is, I mean, we're doing this of our own free time. So having a couple of bucks a month to be able to put into, you know, new microphones or, or tracking down, you know, an extra resource so that we can give you better information. It goes a long ways. And so be on the lookout. My Patreon is coming as well, but definitely check out Stompies. I've been blessed. I mean, we're only in episode three and I've had some of the, at least some of my favorite people in this, in this universe. And that's, of course, you, Stompy. I had DFF Shane to kick it off with me, one of my all-time favorite people that I've only known for about a year, but he's just, he's such a great guy. And then Hollywood from Dynasty Football Factory, they're one of their IDP guys. So excellent. So if you haven't checked out those shows, please do. Uh, Shane was nailing it that first episode. I forgot to hit record on that one too, so we kind of had 
some fun at my expense on that one. And then Hollywood, I actually hit the button on time and had some fun with him. And he he came on the week after his blessed Titans had just gotten stopped by the uh, the Chiefs. So he I, I gave him a little bit of a hard time about the Titans because he was all tightened up until uh, it all came apart. But I, I had to give him a hard time. But anyways. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. If you've enjoyed the pod, please follow us on Twitter at DraftingLate for the latest topics and content. Also, send me some late-round players you want more info on to either at DFFVoice or at DraftingLate. Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and also take the time to listen and follow Stompy. Have a great week and win late. Thanks, Stompy. Yeah, sure.